0: Anita, thank you so much for joining me on Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. I am so excited uh, to have Anita here as our guest today to share with you her story, um, a little bit about her business and her mothering. So Anita, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what led you to do what you do? Well, that's a long,
1: circuitous story. Um, (laughs) I have been a call it a fashionista since I was in elementary school. So fashion was very important to me. Um, Growing up in junior high, I took two years of home ec. So we did sewing in addition to cooking. Um, So what brought me back to this was a life journey of a divorce with um, the father of my children. And in doing that, I got to discover for the first time myself as an adult and looking at what it is I wanted to do with my life. Now, I wish I would have said I figured it out like right away.
0: Um, (laughs) Wouldn't that that have been nice? (laughs)
1: Yeah, it it took about six years post-divorce for me Mm. to kind of settle into being single um, and being, you know, a household manager as well as, you know, a parent to my two daughters who were seven and nine when we divorced. They are now um, 16 and a half and 18. So one actually graduated high school. One is a junior in high school. Um, So I, I as I said, it was not a straight route. Um, I did everything for my kids. I was a stay-at-home mom. I also homeschooled for the first, uh, five years, uh, Mm. teaching them reading, math, logic, foreign language, you name it, we did it. (laughs) Um, so they never had preschool outside of the home. Um, it wasn't until they actually went to, uh, school later, uh, which was junior kindergarten, but their junior kindergarten, because it was private, it was more like a kindergarten class. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was a little uh, more elevated than what um, people would think when I say junior kindergarten. it was like, yeah, but I said they were doing, you know, five-year-old uh, homework for those classes. So once I had them settled, that's why I said it was a six-year process. Once I had them settled into um, their lives and assisting them with their healing, uh, I then was able to focus more on me. Mm. And um, that's when I discovered by accident, I don't even know, I think I saw probably an ad on Facebook about you know, clothes you could design um, uh, on demand. So when people you know, print on demand, so when people uh, ordered something, it would then be cut and sewn and sent out mm-hmm. um, because that was the easiest way and the most cost efficient way because I think you're probably very aware, most brands it takes a minimum of three hundred thousand to start a brand and manufacture and do all that sort of thing. And I was dollars
0: like, or think? quantity, like of uh... oh, dollars,
1: dollars, dollars. dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's expensive to you know manufacture your own things. Especially yeah, the totally. Yeah. So I went the print-on-demand route, and um, with everything that I do, it 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 starts off easy. So the first shop, actually first off I had was uh, urban wear. So we did everything from t-shirts to um, uh, flannel shirts, to joggers, to jeans, all of that. And then from doing that, I branched off into t-shirts which is where mm-hmm. I formed Whimsy Teas, uh, because I was just not happy with the quality that I was seeing out, mm-hmm. um, out there. And because a lot of the product came from China. And Ooh. so we also had quality issues and we had sizing issues. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So it's not fit for the American physique. So that caused a lot of issues and a lot of like returns exchanges and things like that. Sure. And so, yeah, so I came across, um, another print, a print provider and started with t-shirts <laughs> and that's how winsey Tees was born. Um, and as usual with things that I do, as I said, it starts simple and then it just expands from there and it gets, not more complicated, but more levels are added. So I started with t-shirts and then I said, you know what? I want to do leggings and sweatshirts and hoodies, you know, complete outfits. So you can buy a whole complete coordinated outfit. You don't have to think about your fashion choices um, Hmm. because not everybody has a strong, I don't know, sense of self or sense of fashion sense.
0: That's true. And we don't usually talk about that as women. It's almost like it's assumed yeah. that because you're a woman, you have a fashion sense and that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. So these are, I don't know if you know of the brand, because I remember from the seventies, it's called Geranimals for kids.
0: Not really. No, I don't, oh, don't so mind.
1: Geranimals was like, it made it easy for parents. You could just go into the store and everything was pre-packaged together. So it came mm. with the, you know, the top, the pants, if you needed to like a, a hat or whatever, Everything was coordinated together. So you didn't have to think about it. You just picked out something that you liked and you knew you had all the coordinated pieces. Well, that's basically how I look at whimsy tees. We're like granimals for adults.
0: I love it. Nice.
1: You don't have to think it's like, if you decide on a print that you like, like one of the things behind here, (laughs) you, when you go to that print, you'll see everything that I've made to coordinate with it.
0: Yeah. So for those of you who are just listening and who aren't watching the video, um Anita has like very colorful, beautiful prints um, on her own shirt as well as the shirts that are behind her. and these are examples of her of her beautiful t-shirts. and uh, it's, uh, it's so not only t-shirts, but I'm sure prints that you find on the other items as well in the in the full the full look, I would assume, right?
1: Yeah, it always starts um the inspiration starts with a picture. and sometimes it's not even a picture. it could be easy like sometimes even on a a tv show (laughs) i'll see a print and i go oh my god i need to like do something with this right so Ah, then i put my own spin on it and then with the shirts and well t-shirts too as well as the um uh, sweatshirts you'll see there's a lot of patterns Mm. so it's not this was the initial print and then we have so many patterns. So just on the sleeves alone, I've got two different patterns here. So it's
0: finding those digital backgrounds. It's, yeah, it's really original. I love it. Uh, I just wanted to fill Thank those you. listeners in who, um, who, who, who can't see you right now. Um, something else that really struck me in as you were telling your story was about once your kids were settled and you had assisted them, you didn't say those words, but in their healing, you said. And I think this is really something we don't hear a lot. And I just can tell through the language choice, the the words you chose, um, that's just the reality, right? Until our kids are like, okay, you know, like they're not some kind of like sickness or some kind of like learning difference or some kind of like crisis. Like it's so, I feel so impossible to, to like have the space, energy, time to create something new, like your, like whimsy teas um, or even your own life, you know? I would say after my divorce, it took about six years. So I'm really on the same page with you around that. Like, you know, who am I in this new role? Still mom, you know, but no longer wife and identifying as such. And uh, it's, it's really a process, isn't it? Of unfolding, unveiling. And, and again, until my daughter was like in a learning environment that worked for her, like I couldn't, I couldn't really move forward powerfully with my, my professional life or even my personal life.
1: Yeah, it, it was a transition. Um, I definitely will not say it was an easy transition. And it's something for my own healing that my kids were not even made aware of until recently. Um, because I wanted them to know that, yeah, I put on a brave face and I look like I have it all together all the time. But I don't. And I have told them that the divorce was the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. And that literally I cried every day for a year. And that I would drive them to school, get them to their classroom, come back into the car, and the waterworks would start. So, and I did that every day for a year. Mm. And only now, nine years later, do my kids even have a glimpse into that story.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's really big. It's really, really big. Um, and I love how you followed something that is part of your, like, uh, your makeup. You know, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but... Uh, Going back to that time when you were young and you loved fashion, you called yourself a fashionista. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful to be able to, and and when you mentioned whimsy, you just lit up, you know, so it was really clear that this is like a playful, creative, fun uh, creation um, that that you're, that you're doing. It's so beautiful. I mean, so how do you do it?
1: I have a lot of fun with it and it's also part of my healing um, because it was tapping back into that, that, childhood wonder and getting back into having fun in life, but also fun in my clothing choices Um, and not dressing according to how people think you should dress at a certain (laughs) age or stage of your life.
0: So true. I mean, because how we dress is also how we're seen, how we're judged and how people relate to and with us. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I was actually in the fashion business for from age eighteen to when I left my marriage and life in Europe, uh, in in like twenty eight, right? So it's a, the decade. Um, mm-hmm. Or actually, I was just about thirty. Now that no, I was like thirty two. So over a decade, and uh, so I know firsthand, um, you know, the whole the whole supply chain. You know, from the creation of the fiber all the way through to point of sale. So I really understand the industry. It's quite. Stressful and rigorous. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) And we have talked to the past, like for my collections, they're not really based on, they're not seasonal.
0: Yeah. So So it takes a lot of stress. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Evergreen. So these are designs that are available year round. I add in new collections, usually uh, monthly. Um, And so, and I have three stores. And I design for each store and they're a little bit different in, in their niche market. Um, mm. So I go through phases where for one month, I'm focused on one store of new designs. Mm. And then while I'm designing that, I see stuff and I'm like, I got to put that in my other store. Right? So I'm like, that's how I wound up with so many stores is because as I started with one, I got more ideas and inspiration. And I said, I need to get it out.
0: That's so great. <laughs> I need to get it I out of my it. head.
1: So I created a whole new store to house all of that stuff so that I could still create and express myself, but realizing that not everything belongs in whimsy Tees. So I need to put it someplace else. And so I found homes for those um, or rooms for those items. But yeah, it's designed for me is like constant. And there are times, as I said, inspiration can come anywhere. I could be out to dinner talking to someone and someone gives me an idea and they're like, hey, you should do this. And I'm like, Mm. wow, thank you. (laughs) You're right. Um, I did a fashion showcase in San Francisco. Now it was pre-COVID, it's almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, a man came to me, he said, do you have anything with cats? And I said, online I do, but I don't have a whole lot with cats in it. He's like, you should do cats because my wife will buy anything with cats on it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, there are a lot of people like that, actually. Cats are a thing, I knew? Yeah,
1: I went home and I designed a whole collection with different... You know, cats on it, of course, putting my own spin with the different um, uh, swatches, the the digital images. Do you have a cat? Yes. But at the time I did not. Okay. I was wondering
0: if you think your cat got to be the cat, you know, on all the friends. Well, over the years,
1: yeah. Way back when I did, I've had cats, but um, I've been a dog person mainly my entire life.
0: That's right. I and, remember but we I talked do,
1: about that. Yeah. yeah. But I do understand the cat obsession. Just like people are obsessed with their dogs. So I yeah. Dog I
0: thought dog people were weird. And now I'm like one of them. I love yeah. my dog. She's the best. She's like sleeping over here.
1: Yeah. I used to dress them in clothes too. And now I'm designing a dog line great. for my That's dog because I'm like you should be wearing these things too
0: <laughs> well what I'm really present to you is like is your fun like there's just so much fun and creativity and I think if anything uh, for our audience like we we need to have more fun and creativity in our lives and right now I'm noticing a lot of people are changing their career because they're not having fun and they feel stifled creatively um, or they just don't, this is outgrown their, you know, current agreement, you know, with the organization or, you know, company that they're working for or with, um, but how do you do it all? Um, you know, generate this creative, uh, fun career, you know, be a mom. I know your kids are, are grown now, but you're never really, you know, they're not fully grown. I guess your youngest is the same age as mine. So no, there's still a lot of parenting. You're there. always
1: a mom. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, all, how do you do it all? I mean, what, like, what's your well, kind of,
1: I'm, I'm not a super mom. So sometimes I uh, fail in one area over another. Mm. Um, so, and sometimes I'm excelling in one and not in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but my creativity is always there. And I find that that is my big de-stressor for me. Oh, cool. So I use, Love that. Yeah, I use my creativity to de-stress. Actually, so you're like I'm, the
0: second or third person that said that. Um, no, and that's brilliant. And I love hearing that because sometimes creativity can be another to do for a lot of women. Um, but I love what you're saying. And I think that that's an indication, isn't it? That, um, if what you do also revitalizes you, there's something in that, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Because it's all, it's a reward in and of itself, because sometimes when I think I have hit the creativity wall and I'm like, how can I? top this, what can I do next? I'm inundated with more inspiration. And Mm. so I amaze myself sometimes. So I give myself pats on the back and I say, wow, you (laughs) did it again, you found something to inspire you. You created an entire line or even in a garment, you know? Mm. Um, But in addition to what I do and that I love and it's my passion, I also do some things that I had mentioned to you before um, in our previous conversation, Meditation has been big for me. I have been, I am a almost 30 year practitioner of meditation. Mm. Um, I then during my marriage um, got into energy healing Mm -hmm. and from that became a certified Reiki master. So energy healing is very important to me. And through that, I discovered my other obsession besides fashion is crystals. (laughs) Mm. So my house is like a crystal palace. I've got crystals in every room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um and they bring me great joy to look at them they bring me healing to use them and um place on my body have in my environment i've even used them with my animals so i've used energy healing on my animals when they've been sick or had injuries um so yeah all of those things salt baths i take you know bath soaps
0: with my crystals. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love to do salt baths. I think salt baths are by far one of my most valuable, um, restorative practices I'm really into that. Cause you know, essentially the salt is crystal, right. You know, mm-hmm. they're little crystals. Um, love that. And, um, interesting. I'm, a, I'm also a, a Reiki healer. although I don't never, like no one knows that about me. It's something I've never, I don't, I don't speak about publicly. Um, but, energy it's all energy at the end of the day isn't it yep. and energy is not energy like in a red Bull, right energy is this that's what actually vitality means it's a certain quality of energy and we know when we've got it and we know when we don't <laughs> we know when we see it and We know also when we don't like oh that person's sick or oh, really tired or stressed out um so it's so beautiful um when you learn about energy healing whether it's reiki or some other form it is uh it's totally like, it's like life-changing.
1: Yes. And I have found that when I discovered uh, Reiki energy healing, I I went to a practitioner by accident that I came across her store one day um, on a walk with my kids. And one of my daughters was like, what is that store? And I said, I don't know. And I went in and it was like a crystal metaphysical shop. (laughs) Mm. And it was like, it appeared out of nowhere. And it was good that that happened and she pointed it out to me because I actually went to that person later on spent time in the store started collecting like little crystals and then in talking to her found out that she did energy healing Mm -hmm. and because of what I was going through in my marriage at the time because my marriage was not good for most of it
0: (laughs) I'm sorry it's so tough yeah
1: and I was internalizing a lot of that Mm. so I started most healers do (laughs) (laughs) yeah I started because you have no one to talk to it's like you know
0: And you feel Um, crazy. And it's like, you got this kids and you want to make it work. I mean, it's such a hard thing, but,
1: and people assume too, because of perhaps your lifestyle that everything is wonderful and you know, it's so great. And you can't tell them because then they're like, Oh no, you're making a deal out of something that doesn't exist. Yeah, Or you're not,
0: you're not grateful for what you have or, you know, just make it work already. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like if it were so, that easy, <laughs>
1: well, yeah, and discovering that metaphysical shop going in and she would be feeling on me. I was going like three times a week, sometimes more.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> wow. to be okay. I know, and
1: she finally said to me, She's like, I think it would be more cost
0: effective
1: <laughs> if you just learned to do Reiki energy on yourself, and it and worked. I yeah, like, that's
0: great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you that's can great. save some money.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, and um, yeah, and, and you can help. You can use it for your kids. You can use it remotely. You can use it, you know, on people you care about. And actually, uh, at some point, I don't know if the same thing happened for you, but I, I don't really have control over when it gets activated. Um, they all feel like my hands get really hot. I'll just be sitting down, like chatting with friends or someone in a a restaurant or anywhere. And then all of a sudden my hands get really hot and I feel the Reiki energy, like moving through. And I'm like, Oh, I guess somebody here needs healing. I'm not always like fully participating. Like it, I think you, at some point you make an agreement that it just flows through you. I don't know if that's been your experience or not.
1: Well, I actually did make that verbal agreement with the universe, and I said with healing, because I also did massage. So a long time ago, was another when I was married, trying to discover myself, and, and once my kids were school-age, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I went to massage school, became a massage therapist. Um, and so I used the massage therapy as a way of healing people. And I brought in Reiki. So there were some people who signed up for that because it wasn't something I did automatically. It had to be an agreement that you wanted that type of healing. Mm. Um, and it was an additional service and a cost. And so I would do Reiki healing on them. But then I looked at it as that's one off. It's like I can't heal a bunch of people one off at a time, right? Because I'm one person. <laughs> um, so then I made the agreement with the universe. And I said, I want to be a source of healing, not just physically, touching people, but my presence, um, my intention, and uh, so, yeah, thought, intention, presence, touch, so all of those things, so that if I saw someone who was in need, I could send them healing, I could change the energy in a room, which I have done, um, to bring more positivity and love into an environment or a, a, uh, into a, conflict because sometimes every time you go out sometimes there can be a conflict well even in
0: in our conversation the first time we spoke like I felt that you brought that to the conversation so I think it just follows you wherever you go and I feel it and see it infused in your work so that's pretty pretty powerful
1: but the positivity and the
0: your presence um, uh your touch um, um your there were two other words you used presence touch intention Yes, your intention. That's the most important one (laughs) in your work. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So if people want to um, see your collection and or even purchase it internationally, where should they go?
1: Well, uh, they can find me on all social media, but also at my store, which is whimsy with a Z tease.com.
0: And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, So if you're looking, you know, if you guys want to see her collection and you want to support what she's doing and feel her presence and her intention and her touch (laughs) through her work, uh, be sure to visit her website and spread the word.
1: And just a side note, we have over 40 collections and over 3,000 products. So there's a lot there. There are a lot of themes Mm -hmm. from fairies to animals to um, vintage prints um by poster vintage poster prints so it was something for everybody from young and old so kids love my stuff adults love my stuff from all ages so we're talking 60 Mm. 70 year olds that wear it but kids especially when I wear the fairyland collection (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because they like to see that and it's playful and um I want everyone to play I want people to have fun I want (laughs) them to uh tap back into that inner child
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for that reminder. And uh, we didn't have a chance to talk enough about it. But um, Anita is also a mama bear, you know, like, just would love to hear some more uh, insight on another episode, perhaps, um, around kind of child rearing, single motherhood, and and all the stuff that comes with that, right? That's like endless, but um, yes, I have yeah, a lot to share. I know, <laughs> I know you do. And so that's why I feel like we need to do a part two. But in the meantime, thank you so much for uh, being a guest on the show. And uh, the reason why um, I really wanted Anita to be on the show, not only because of her positive energy um, and that what she brings to the space, but you know, audacious leaders are women who are willing to try and, and sometimes even stumble and sometimes even fall and then get back up again and, and keep doing it. And I believe you are really an example of that. And that is an inspiration for us all.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I try.
0: <laughs> That's all we can do. Okay. Until the next time. Thanks, Anita. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcastjennifer com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag #VitalityWomenLeadingAudaciously. Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show it mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene and thanks for spending your precious time with me.